the question was, why are people doing what they do instead of doing what they should be doing? rock and roll this morning i don't know if our special guest that's on on fridays is here today are you there today sir i know sometimes i didn't con- you know contact him and you know he gets quite busy he might not be on this morning oh you there okay i got you i got you okay well, good morning sir good to hear your voice mr lewis fields up in ohio area what part of ohio is that again you're in Youngstown. And in Youngstown, you got what? Youngstown College and what else is in the Youngstown area? It's uh they got a, they got a college and they got a community college here. Okay. Yeah, Youngstown. They got uh uh what's that thing? Uh Eastern Gate Eastern Gateway Community College. Okay. Uh, that's what Jim Trussell was here before he went to Ohio State. That's right. That's right. That's right. Some people say, who is Jim Trestle, the football coach that used to be at Ohio State, and but he was at Youngstown State first. So how far is Youngstown from um, the city with the uh, Hall of Fame? Um, about like an hour and a half. That's Canton. Canton, right. So is Canton, do you have to go through Canton to get to Cleveland, or there's another way you go? Okay. Okay. Well. All right, sir. Well, you know, thanks for that information. Um, I got some things that I'm gonna actually. I want to continue with this. Uh, when you talk to yourself by Shad uh, Hampstead again, this is not our book. We read this when you talk to yourself book. You know, last year sometime. But I went to the bookshelf and pulled it off, and and I realized that that book is really what we do and why we do these these particular calls and zooms and Saturday morning trainings and things of that sort. Uh, it's it's is exactly what the book talks about. So uh, that's why I kind of just want to keep plugging into it for a minute, and uh, you know, like tomorrow Saturday, we'll be back on our book that we're currently reading. Hopefully, hopefully we'll currently read it. What you say to yourself? I mean, that's, I'm sorry. That's what we're talking about now. Um, the TJ Hoisington book, uh, if you think you can, is what we're reading on Saturday morning. So let's do this. I'm going to start. I'm going to read a little bit, Lou. Then I'm going to open it up for your discussion on it and tell me what you think about uh, what was said. 
then we'll come back and do a little bit more. Again, this is not our book club, but I just can't help but you know do this. I like grabbing books off the bookshelf, and I like talking about those certain things that uh, definitely relate to us. So uh, here's the thing. It says, uh, but why do we do what we do? Why do we do what we do? That's interesting. Why do we do? And I know some people will say, well, because we're supposed to do it. Like, why do you get up in the morning? Or why do you uh, go to work every day? Why, why, why? So he says here, why do we not do the things we know we should and so often say and do the things that we know we should not? Good question. So why do we not do the things that we know we should but well, we wind up things do, do the things that we know we should not. What makes us do what we do? What makes us act the way we act, behave the way we behave? Why do everything? Why do every do why you know why why do we ever do anything that works against us instead of always doing exactly that which works for us? Ooh, we is because we don't know any better. No, we usually know what's right and what's wrong. The reason we don't heed even our own advice is because of something else that affects, directs, influences, or controls all of our actions. That's something that makes us do what we do. It's called our what? It's called our feelings. Man, every action we take is first filtered through our feelings. We feel about something, we always determine or affect what do we do, how well do we do it based on what we feel. If we feel good or positive about something, we will more positively about we'll be, be more positive about it. Our feelings will directly influence our actions. Have you ever watched children who were made to eat something they didn't like? How did they act? I've seen children who look at as though they were going to die right there on the spot. But set a favorite dessert in front of the same children. And what will they do? They may look at those. They're going to dive into that head first. Now, this sounds like me. So <laughs> I might be a huge, gigantic child, but this sounds exactly like me. Now, he says, what is the difference between one plate of food and the other? It's not that one type of food is better than the other. The difference is in how those children have come to feel about the food. The way the children felt determined what action they took. In one instance, they fought it. The other, they re uh, relished it. Uh, he says, I have a friend whose worst fear is that of flying. Ordinarily, she is level-headed and possesses an even disposition. But because of her fear of being in the airplane, she would rather drive a car from her home in the Midwest to visit her family on the East Coast and lose two or three days getting there than hop on a plane and be with her family in two or three short hours. Now, let me say this. Man, I used to do that all the time. And I wasn't afraid of, afraid per se, of flying. I just used to like to jump in my car because I'm an introvert and just ride and listen to uh cds of uh you know certain uh uh pastors or leaders you know initially started off with cassettes 
And it's just, I wanted to do that. But up to this point, Mr. Lou, so far, what do you think about the feelings things? And what do you think about that's how we do what we do based on that? Any opinion, any any thoughts on that? He's got the right foundation as to why people do what they do. Mm. I think another big call, like I'll add it to the, the recipe of why you do or don't do what you do, is confidence. Confidence and desire. So maybe confidence, desire, and maybe confidence and desire will be counted as you know how you feel about. So I guess that's all feelings. But people do what they want to do. Desire has not been built up that you can do a thing. Because you know, a lot of people, like, they'll say amen to all the right stuff. I guess say, yep, my asset books is great. Uh, I should get more education in some kind of way. I, if I improve my education, I would improve my ability to make money. I would improve my ability to communicate. I would become a better parent. They agree with all that. And they ain't going to do none of it. They ain't going to halfway do it. Mm. So. What's your right. thoughts on that? Why would they agree with it and don't do it? You want to, you have to desire it, and desire is something. It's like I'm trying to think. What could I? What could well, I, let me let, let let me go back to the confidence again. You know how me and you talked about the why, and let's keep winding it out. So why why don't they have it? I think it's also just like if you don't desire it, like we're thinking, thinking grow rich when he started with desire. If you don't have a desire for something, you could know that that thing is good, but you just don't desire it. Like for physical health, you know if you do exercise and you eat more so to live than just to eat for taste, you your body will start looking better. Mm. But you don't desire your body to look better. You're not saying that that's not true. So, so, so you understand what I'm saying? A lot of times people aren't saying that's not the way, but they just don't desire. So they don't desire, they don't do it. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Right. They just don't desire. So they're not saying, they're not against. Most people... Let's go back to that right quick. So the, the question was, why are people doing what they do instead of doing what they should be doing? So it's kind of it's kind of like 
you know, people do what they want, not what they need. Exactly. People always do what they want. Mm-hmm. Nobody does anything they don't want to do. You right. do what you want to do. Right. You do exactly what you want. If people didn't do what they want to do, people wouldn't be overdraft, uh, hundreds of thousand dollars in debt. I mean, like, that's the clear side. If people just do what they want to do, you know you're only making $40,000 a year. <laughs> and you live in a $100,000 lifestyle. And that's the reason why desire, desire is so powerful because desire is like a bad fellow with like lust or passion. It's that passion inside that fire that it gets you up early to keep you up late. Like when I agree that about love, it's, it's, it's this passion and fire and desire. Uh, when E.T. was saying that dude, he heard somebody say, if you don't want it as bad as you want to breathe or whatnot, you know, Mm-hmm. If you couldn't breathe, if you don't want to say you don't have that desire, and that's the difference between accomplishment and not accomplishment. It's not the difference between believing something works and not believing something works. It's right. Between accomplishment and not accomplishment. Everybody that accomplishes has that desire. I've, I've uh, found out from a biological standpoint, from uh, in the brain, the same mechanisms that trigger uh, the feeling for dope person that's chasing heroin, chasing crack, okay, chasing whatever that, 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 those same things, chasing sex, that when you get that over the top extreme desire, it is the exact same thing with the wealthy. That's what Warren Buffett got. That's what Oprah, was. you know what I mean? I know you, you say it. Right. They got all that money. She just mm. chasing that money. They chasing all that, you got, all that, you got plenty enough. All you got all that money. It's that desire, that same thing in the brain is activated in pursuit of anything, and that's desire. It's, it's desire. Like, nobody wants to run into a burning home. Nobody wants to run into a burning home. Right. God forbid. You pull up, your house on fire, you know your kids in there. You right. ain't even thinking about it. You ain't even thinking about hey, it. Hey, the same thing you about, know, about um, the same thing about this school, the what, the Valdez School, Texas, where his parents actually went in there while the cops were standing outside. And they went in there and got their kids and walked out with them. Yeah, you ain't even thinking about the house. When you right. desire it, there's all this stuff different than agreement that it's good, it's different than wanting something. Desire is, desire, I think, is like, it, it affects your mind and your body. Like, it, it, it's like a, it's that active gene. It's the it. It's the it. If you look at any equation of achievement and you see what's missing, you see somebody that got all the potential, it's a desire. Right. It's a, it's a desire. You know, um, you know, Sally Jesse Raphael, she was big. What's the difference between her and Oprah? We don't talk about Sally Jesse Raphael. Right. I don't know if she's even alive. But she didn't accomplish what Oprah accomplished. She had right. something different in her. Right. Jay-Z got, got something different in him than Nas. Right. Both great artists, but it's something different. It's something LeBron. LeBron got something different in him than them other players. Well, if you listen to our people from our neighborhood, they're going to say... <laughs> Well, they they Illuminati. They sold they sold to the devil. That's how they got. They don't say, you know, Bill Gates Illuminati or somebody else. They just say <laughs> Jay Z and Beyonce because they've gone so far in life and done so well that it has to be something evil. Remember now, rich people are evil it has to be something evil that they're doing uh, to get to where they are, and not just because they have a skill level that touches a lot of people. Uh, it ain't that. It's just that they're praying to 
their soul, their soul. And I always wondered how did that work. But that's another type topic, another conversation about was the does the devil knock on the door with a contract? Now here it is right here writing. You know, you won't sell your soul to me uh for nine years, you wanna do it for eight years, you wanna do a uh all in contract, which is sounds insane, but again, I digress. But Lou, let me let me read a little bit of this about attitude and he's talk about that too. He says you're at, you're, hold on one second okay. before you go further. All right, second. go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote. Now, see, I ain't gonna misquote him because I got the book, so I went and found it. Because I was, I was just on him all day yesterday. Mm. I'm gonna quote our boy James Allen as a man. Thinks. Okay. About what you said about money being evil and they doing this, they Illuminati. Right. We got to make up all these myths and legends and superstition to have an alibi for uh, inactivity. So anyway, this is what this is what James Allen say. This is out of the chapter, the the, uh, the thought factor achievement. Mm-hmm. It is the usual for men to think and say. My fault. It has been usual for men to think and to say, many men are slaves because one is an oppressor. Let us hate the oppressor. Now, however, there is amongst an increasing few a tendency to reverse this judgment and to say, one man is an oppressor because many are slaves. Let us despise the slaves. The truth is that oppressor and slave are co-operators in ignorance, and while seeming to afflict each other, are in reality afflicting themselves. A perfect knowledge perceives the action of law in the weakness of the oppressed and the misapplied power of the oppressor. A perfect love, seeing the suffering which both states entail, demands neither. A perfect compassion embraces both oppressor and oppressed. He who has conquered weakness and has put away all selfish thoughts belongs neither to oppressor nor oppressed. He is free. You got people that ain't free. It's a slave rank. Mm. It's a slave rank. Mm. Like the Bible says it's a lion and it's free. I, well, I just, I don't need all that money, but you do need to be able to be um, competent. You might not need to be wealthy, you're right, but you should be competent because you shouldn't be a burden to other people because that makes you a slave. So you should be at least working towards being self-sufficient in all things and being able to provide for yourself. And the Bible says that a man that does not provide inheritance for his kids is worse than effort is. Mm. You don't say nothing about no now, let's go back to what I always talk about. And I believe the reason that uh, a lot of people are not is the environment that they stay in. I call it the zip code. And, you know, in order for you to change all those thoughts, you got to listen to stuff like this, read stuff like this, and then you got to separate the rest. You can't, you can't keep floating around, hanging around in that environment that tells you the total opposite of what we just said. And if you, cause you already been getting that for years, that has been, you know, that has been instilled in you for years and years and years. And you can't stay in that part of the arena. You got to move to the other part that's talking like this. And the complicated part is, number one, you don't really realize how negative your environment is is, and the words that come out of your mouth and your friends. Or the second is you just don't believe you could change regardless. I'm thinking that's the two. It could be something else. I don't know what else you think that keeps people from moving away from certain environments. You could say finances does, but you can 
you, you know, you can put headsets on. You can decide to block certain some a certain conversations if you wanted to. What do you think about that? Um, I agree. I think it's the core of the core of it is selfishness and uh, irresponsibility. Um, while I was in prison, because I had a little yeah, <laughs> early on, just due to the fact of some of my experiences before I I, I came to prison, I had a little uppiness about. I had a little bit of I'm different than these guys think. So it hit me. I was through reading something or whatever. That was whatever through reading something. Cause I used to sit on my rack. This was like before I found the the hit. I was reading and stuff. I wanted to get better, but I hadn't found why, how to put it together, how it works for your life. And I was like, what's the, I said, it can't be no difference than us. I said, we all the same because I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here like everybody, we all sitting here. All, and it's all a different variety of people in prison. You can shot doctors, lawyers, people that can kill their brother for their inheritance and whatnot. These dudes are millionaires. are crazy, but it's crazy. All, all We all sitting here. And I said, the one thing we got to comment, we selfish. I said, that's the common denominator. This is the common fact. Uh, we selfish. And a person that says, that speaks against someone becoming their best self across the board, because that's just money, just with everything. If you if you think you should stop before your potential, it's different you say, I've done all I can do. That ain't what people are saying. Oh, I don't need to do that. It's an irresponsibility. Without wealth, without wealthy people, the very hospitals you take your children to, the hospital you go to to get your surgeries or get checked up on would not exist. We would have no libraries. You know, we would have nothing. Like our whole our whole world would be a third world country. That's why third world countries are third world countries. They don't have wealth. They don't have wealth. Right. Right. If everybody had your attitude, we would be in shacks in dirt, bro. Right. Yeah, who so, think that way? Yeah, yeah. That's um. Everybody be broke. Everybody, nobody had nothing. Right, 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 right. And I, I thoroughly believe is that environment that we start off in, and that's because that's the environment that programs us right away. So let me kind of slide into this attitude thing. He says your attitudes are the perspectives from which you view life. Some people seem to have a good attitude about most things. Some seem to have a bad attitude about everything. But when you look at, if you look closer, you will find that the, most of us have a combination of attitudes, some good, uh, some not so good. Whatever attitude we have about anything will affect how we feel about it, which is in turn determines how we will act about it. And that in turn determines whether or not you will do. So our attitudes plays a very important part in helping us become successful. In fact, as we can see, a good attitude is essential to achievement of any kind. So we so often hear of someone who is said to have a bad attitude. The term is often applied to young people, especially for teenagers who frequently get in trouble. But we often hear about the adults, too. The implication is that the individuals in question are not going to make it if they don't change their attitudes. Um, I would agree. Now. I, I, I wonder, well, I don't wonder, but I have to keep throwing this out to people. Why is that not addressed throughout the system? I and mean, why an attitude uh, section? You know, I'm going to tell you one reason. The teachers would be hard for them to do it because they got bad attitudes already because they're not getting paid enough. So it would be hard for them to stand in a room and talk about attitudes. It should. It should help them. But we, we're not going to do that because it just it just doesn't go in line 
what we've been doing forever. So uh, the application is always that the individuals in question are not going to make it if they don't change their attitudes. I would agree. Without a good attitude, a perspective allows us to see opportunities ahead and our sights to reach them. We will never or we never will. But even more important is the fact that in order to possess these kinds of feelings uh, that work for us, we got to have the right attitudes to start with. But where do we get our attitudes? Are we born with them or do we just appear uh, out of nowhere? Our attitudes are no accident. They don't just happen. Our attitudes are created, controlled, and influenced uh, by, in, entirely by our beliefs. All right. So if we know where our beliefs come from. All right, so give me a little bit on that, Mr. Lou. Yeah, the, the attitude is, is an important point. And the belief, the attitude and the belief, and the attitude you got towards stuff. Like you said some um a statement that you hear a lot. I don't feel like I get paid enough. I'm not getting paid enough. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not getting paid enough, is that you don't bring the exceptional value. If you brought exceptional value to the marketplace and to society as a whole in addressing problems, at the highest level, you would get paid more. It's the quote I just read. You're a slave because you want to stay a slave, like a teacher. People going to get mad at me, but it's not saying nothing bad about teachers, but let's look at what teachers do. You went to school, you got the teaching degree, whatever it is that they told you that your state said you needed to be able to be competent to teach in this state. You go to the same school that everybody else goes to, you give out the curriculum that they tell you to give out. You don't have an exceptional result with your student. My, my child is no better off if I get you. Nobody's lying enough to be, for you to be the teacher of that child. So why should you get paid anything different? And that's just real. You're producing the same results as everybody else, so that's why you're getting paid the same thing. It's just like if I work at Burger King and you work at McDonald's, you're flipping burgers, I'm flipping burgers. We're not doing nothing exceptional. Nobody's lying up. Zoom working today is here on the grill. So you, you get paid according to your value that you bring to the marketplace. So let's let's talk about that then. What we believe about anything will return determine our attitudes about it, create our feelings, direct our actions, and in each instance help us do well or poorly, succeed or fail. The belief that we have about anything is so powerful that it can even make something appear to be something different than what it really is belief does not require that something actually be the way we see it to be it only requires us to believe that that's the way it is so you know i was thinking of the day of a book or or a a particular speech and it and and to me uh he had it in here he had a particular line here i think it was the last statement i read last time let me see if i can find it here and it was like, the longer you have bought the thought, the truer it is. So I was thinking a book should be, how long have you bought those thoughts? A speech could be, how long have you bought those thoughts? Because we have been buying these thoughts from day one. Ever since we, you know, we were conceived, and it was actually in the womb we were buying those thoughts because it was being heard. So how long are you, how long have you bought those thoughts? And really, how long are you going to continue to do it? Because you're going to have to change that. Uh, he says, belief does not require that something actually be the way we said it to be. It only requires us to believe that that is the way it is. Belief does not require something to be true. It only requires us to, to believe that it is true. 
Okay. So let's rock and roll this morning. I don't know if our special guest that's on on Fridays is here today. Are you there today, sir? I know sometimes I didn't con- you know, don't contact him and, you know, he gets quite busy. He might not be on this morning. Oh, you there? Okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. Well, good morning, sir. Good to hear your voice. Mr. Lewis Fields up in Ohio area. What part of Ohio is that again you're in? Youngstown. And in Youngstown, you got what? Youngstown College and what else is in the Youngstown area? It's uh they got a, they got a college and they got a community college here. Okay. Yeah, Youngstown and they got uh uh what's that thing? Uh Eastern Gate Eastern Gateway Community College. Okay. Uh, this was here before he went to Ohio State. That's right. That's right. That's right. Some people say, who is Jim Trestle, the football coach that used to be at Ohio State, and but he was at Youngstown State first. So how far is Youngstown from um, the city with the uh, Hall of Fame? Um, about like an hour and a half. That's Canton. Canton, right. So is Ken? do you have to go through Canton to get to Cleveland, or there's another way you go? Okay. Okay. Well. All right, sir. Well, you know, thanks for that information. Um, I got some things that I'm gonna actually. I want to continue with this. Uh, when you talk to yourself by Shad uh, Hampstead again, this is not our book. We read this when you talk to yourself book. You know, last year sometime. But I went to the bookshelf and pulled it off, and and I realized that that book is really what we do and why we do these these particular calls and Zooms and Saturday morning trainings and things of that sort. Uh, it's, it's, it's exactly what the book talks about. So uh, that's why I kind of just want to keep plugging into it for a minute. And, uh, you know, like tomorrow, Saturday, we'll be back on our book that we're currently reading. Hopefully, hopefully we're currently reading what you say to yourself. I mean, that's, I'm sorry. That's what we're talking about now. Um, the TJ Hoisington book, uh, if you think you can, is what we're reading on Saturday morning. So let's do this. I'm going to start. I'm going to read a little bit, Lou. Then I'm going to open it up for your discussion on it and tell me what you think about uh, what was said. Then we'll come back and do a little bit more. Again, this is not our book club, but I just can't help but, you know, do this. I like grabbing books off the bookshelf and I like talking about those certain things that uh, definitely relate to us. So uh, here's the thing. It says, uh, but why do we do what we do? Why do we do what we do? That's interesting. Why do we do? And I know some people will say, well, because we're supposed to do it. Like, why do you get up in the morning? Or why do you uh, go to work every day? Why, why, why? So he says here, why do we not do the things we know we should and so often say and do the things that we know we should not? Good question. So why do we not do the things that we know we should 
but <laughs> well, we wind up things do, do the things that we know we should not. What makes us do what we do? What makes us act the way we act, behave the way we behave? Why do everything? Why do every do why you know why? Why do we ever do anything that works against us instead of always doing exactly that which works for us? Ooh, we is because we don't know any better. No, we usually know what's right and what's wrong. The reason we don't heed even our own advice is because of something else that affects, directs, influences, or controls all of our actions, that something makes us do what we do is called our what? It's called our feelings. Man, every action we take is first filtered through our feelings. We feel about something, we always determine or affect what do we do, how well do we do it based on what we feel. If we feel good or positive about something, we will more positively about would we'll be be more positive about it. Our feelings will directly influence our actions. Have you ever watched children who were made to eat something they didn't like? How did they act? I've seen children who look at as though they were going to die right there on the spot. But set a favorite dessert in front of the same children, and what will they do? They may look at those they're going to dive into that head first. Now, this sounds like me, so. <laughs> I might be a huge, gigantic child, but this sounds exactly like me. Now, he says, what is the difference between one plate of food and the other? It's not that one type of food is better than the other. The difference is in how those children have come to feel about the food. The way the children felt determined what action they took. In one instance, they fought it. The other, they uh, relished it. He says, I have a friend whose worst fear is that of flying. Ordinarily, she is level-headed and possesses an even disposition. But because of her fear of being in the airplane, she would rather drive a car from her home in the Midwest to visit her family on the East Coast and lose two or three days getting there than hop on a plane and be with her family in two or three short hours. Now, let me say this. Man, I used to do that all the time. And I wasn't afraid of, afraid per se, of flying. I just used to like to jump in my car because I'm an introvert and just ride and listen to uh, CDs of, uh, you know, certain uh, uh, pastors or leaders, you know, initially started off with cassettes. And it's just, I wanted to do that. But up to this point, Mr. Lou, so far, what do you think about the feelings things and what do you think about that's how we do what we do based on that? Any opinion, any any thoughts on that? I agree with him. I think, I think that he's, uh, he's got the right foundation as to why people do what they do. Mm. I think another big call, like I'll add it to the, the recipe of why you do or don't do what you do is confidence, confidence and desire. So maybe confidence, desire, and maybe confidence and desire would be counted as, you know, how you feel about So I guess that's all feeling. But people do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. So if the desire has not been built up that you can do a thing, 
Because you know a lot of people, like, they'll say amen to all the right stuff. Like, they'll say, yep, mindset books is great. Uh, I should get more education in some kind of way. If I improve my education, I would improve my ability to make money. I'd improve my ability to communicate. I would become a better parent. They agree with all that. They ain't gonna do none of it. They ain't gonna halfway do it. Mm. So, What's your like, thoughts on that? Why would they agree with it and don't do it? Well, let me let, let let me go back to the confidence again. You know how me and you talked about the why, and let's keep winding it out. So why why don't they have it? Well, if you don't desire it, I think it starts with like if you don't desire it, like we're thinking thinking grow rich when he started with desire. If you don't have a desire for something, you could know that that thing is good, but you just don't desire it. Like far as physical health. You know, if you do exercise and you eat more so to live than just to eat for taste, you your body will start looking better. Mm. But you don't desire your body to look better. You're not saying that that's not true. So, so, so you understand what I'm saying? A lot of times people aren't saying that's not the way, but they just don't desire. So they don't desire, they don't do it. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Right. They just don't desire it. So they're not saying they're not against most people. Let's go back to that right quick. So the the question was, why are people doing what they do instead of doing what they should be doing? So it's kind of it's kind of like you know people do what they want, not what they need. Exactly. People always do what they want. Mm-hmm. Nobody does anything they don't want to do. You right. do what you want to do. Right. You do exactly what you want. If people didn't do what they want to do, people wouldn't be overdraft, uh, hundreds of thousand dollars in debt. I mean, like that's the clear sign that people just do what they want to do. You know. You only make it forty thousand dollars a year, and you live in a hundred thousand dollar lifestyle. And you, because you want to do it, you know. You And that's the reason why desire, desire is so powerful. Because desire is like a bad fellow with like lust or passion. It's that passion inside that fire that gets you up early to keep you up late. Like we're well, agreeing about love. It's, it's, it's this passion, fire, desire. Uh, when ET was saying that, dude, he heard somebody say. If you don't want it as bad as you want to breathe or whatnot, 
Mm-hmm. If you couldn't breathe, you don't want to you don't have that desire. And that's the difference between accomplishment and non accomplishment. It's not the difference between believing something works and not believing something works. It's right. the between accomplishment and not accomplishment. Everybody that accomplishes has that desire. I've I've uh, found out from a biological standpoint from uh in the brain the same mechanisms that trigger uh the feeding but dope person that's chasing heroin, chasing crack, okay, chasing whatever that, 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 those same things, chasing sex, that when you get that over the top extreme desire, it is the exact same thing with the wealthy. That's what Warren Buffett got. That's what Oprah, you know what I mean? I know you, you say it. Right. They got all that money. She's just mm. chasing that money. They chasing all that, you got, all that, you got plenty enough. All you got all that money. It's that desire, that same thing in the brain is activated in pursuit of anything, and that's desire. It's, it's desire. Like, nobody wants to run into a burning home. Nobody wants to run into a burning home. Right. God forbid. You pull up, your house on fire, you know your kids in there. Right. You ain't even thinking about it. You ain't even thinking about hey, it. Hey, the same thing you about, know, um, the same thing about this school, the what, the Valdez School, Texas, where his parents actually went in there while the cops were standing outside. And they went in there and got their kids and walked out with them. Because you ain't even thinking about the house. When you right. desire it, there's always something different than agreement that is good, it's different than wanting something. Desire is, desire I think is like, it, it affects your mind and your body. Like it, it, it's like a, it's that active gene. It's the it. It's the it. If you look at any equation of achievement and you see what's missing, when you see somebody that got all the potential, it's the desire. Right. Right. Well, if you listen to our people from our neighborhood, they're gonna say, <laughs> "Well, they they Illuminati. They sold they sold to the devil. That's how they got." They don't say. You know, Bill Gates, Illuminati, or somebody else, they just say <laughs> Jay-Z and Beyonce because they've gone so far in life and done so well that it has to be something evil. Remember now, rich people are evil. It has to be something evil that they're doing uh, to get to where they are. And not just because they have a skill level that touches a lot of people. Uh, it ain't that. It's just that they're praying to uh, their soul, their soul. And I always wondered how that worked, but that's another t- topic, another conversation about <laughs> was the, does the devil knock on the door with a contract? Now, here it is right here in writing. You know, you won't sell your soul to me uh, for nine years. You want to do it for eight years. You want to do a uh, <laughs> all-in contract, which just sounds insane. But again, I digress. But Lou, let me let me read a little bit of this about attitude and he's talk about that too. He says, you're well, at, you're, okay, hold on one second okay. before you go further. All right, second. go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote. Now see, I ain't gonna misquote him because I got the book. So I went and found it because I was I was just on him all day yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna quote our boy James Allen as a man thinks okay. about what you said about money being evil and they doing this, they right. Illuminati. We gotta make up all these myths and legends and superstition to have an alibi for uh Inactivity. So anyway, this was this was James 
gonna say. This is out of the chapter, the the, uh, the thought factor achievement. Mm-hmm. It is the usual for men to think and say. My fault. It has been usual for men to think and to say. Many men are slaves because one is an oppressor. Let us hate the oppressor. Now, however, there is amongst an increasing few a tendency to reverse this judgment and to say one man is an oppressor because many are slaves. Let us despise the slaves. The truth is that oppressor and slave are co-operators in ignorance and while seeming to afflict each other are in reality afflicting themselves. A perfect knowledge perceives the action of law in the weakness of the oppressed and the misapplied power of the oppressor. A perfect love, seeing the suffering which both states entail, demands neither. A perfect compassion embraces both oppressor and oppressed. He who has conquered weakness and has put away all selfish thoughts belongs neither to oppressor nor oppressed. He is free. You got people that ain't free. It's a slave rank. Mm. It's a slave rank. Mm. Like the Bible says, it's a land in the street. I, well, I just, I don't need all that money, but you do need to be able to be um, competent. You might not need to be wealthy, you right, but you should be competent because you shouldn't be a burden to other people because that makes you a slave. So you should be at least working towards being self-sufficient in all things and being able to provide for yourself. And the Bible says that a man that does not provide inheritance for his kids is worse than an infidel. Mm. You don't say nothing about nothing. So you mm. should at least want to be competent. Yeah, you might not need a hundred million, but you at least need two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand to be competent. Now, let's go back to what I always talk about. And I believe the reason that uh a lot of people are not is the environment that they stay in. I call it the zip code. And you know, in order for you to change all those thoughts. You got to listen to stuff like this, read stuff like this, and then you got to separate the rest. You can't you can't keep floating around, hanging around in that environment that tells you the total opposite of what we just said. And if you because you already been getting that for years, that has been, you know, that has been instilled in you for years and years and years. And you can't stay in that part of the arena. You got to move to the other part that's talking like this. And the complicated part is, number one, you don't really realize how negative your environment is is, and the words that come out of your mouth and your friends. Or the second is you just don't believe you could change regardless. I'm thinking that's the two. It could be something else. I don't know what else you think that keeps people from moving away from certain environments. You could say finances does, but you can you, you know, you can put headsets on. You can decide to block certain some certain conversations if you wanted to. What do you think about that? Uh, I agree. I think at the core, the core of it is selfishness and uh, irresponsibility. Uh, while I was in prison, because I had a little <laughs> early on, just due to the fact of some of my experiences before I, I, I came to prison, I had a little uppiness about I had a little bit of, I'm different than these guys think. So, it hit me, I was through reading something or whatever, that was, whatever, through reading something. Because I used to sit on my rack, this was like before I found the, the it. I was reading and stuff, I wanted to get better, but I hadn't found why, how to put it together, how it works for your life. And I was like, what's the, I said, it can't be no difference in us. I said, we all the same because I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here like everybody, we all sitting here. All, and it's all a different variety of people in prison. You can shot doctors, lawyers. 
Judas and killed their brother for their heritage and whatnot. These dudes are millionaires. I'm crazy, but it's crazy. All, all we all sit here. And I said the one thing we got to cover: we selfish. I said that's a common denominator. This is a common fact. Uh, we selfish. And a person that says that speaks against someone becoming their best self across the board. It ain't just money. Just with everything. If you if you think you should stop. Before your potential. It's different you say, I've done all I can do. That ain't what people say. Oh, I don't need to do that. It's an irresponsibility. Without wealth, without wealthy people, the very hospitals you take your children to, the hospital you go to to get your surgeries or get checked up on would not exist. We would have no libraries. You know, we would have nothing. Like our whole our whole world would be a third world country. That's why third world countries are third world countries. They don't have wealth. They don't have wealth. They don't right. Have wealth. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Yeah, who so, think that way? Yeah, yeah. That's um. Everybody be broke. Everybody nobody has nothing. Right, 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 right. And I, I thoroughly believe it's that environment that we start off in, and that's because that's the environment that programs us right away. So let me kind of slide into this attitude thing. He says your attitudes are the perspectives from which you view life. Some people seem to have a good attitude about most things. Some seem to have a bad attitude about everything. But when you look at, if you look closer, you will find that the, most of us have a combination of attitudes, some good, uh, some not so good. Whatever attitude we have about anything will affect how we feel about it, which is in turn determines how we will act about it. And that in turn determines whether or not you will do. So our attitudes plays a very important part in helping us become successful. In fact, as we can see, a good attitude is essential to achievement of any kind. So we so often hear of someone who is said to have a bad attitude. The term is often applied to young people, especially for teenagers who frequently get in trouble. But we often hear about the adults, too. The implication is that the individuals in question are not going to make it if they don't change their attitudes. Um, I would agree. Now. I, I, I wonder, well, I don't wonder, but I have to keep throwing this out to people. Why is that not addressed throughout the system? I and mean, why an attitude uh, section? You know, I'm going to tell you one reason. The teachers would be hard for them to do it because they got bad attitudes already because they're not getting paid enough. So it would be hard for them to stand in a room and talk about attitudes. It should. It should help them. But we, we're not going to do that because it just it just doesn't go in line what we've been doing forever so uh the application is always that the individuals in question are not going to make it if they don't change their attitudes i would agree without a good attitude a perspective allows us to see opportunities ahead and our sights to reach them we will never or we never will but even more important is the fact that in order to possess these kinds of feelings uh that work for us we got to have the right attitudes to start with but where do we get our attitudes? Are we born with them or do we just appear uh, out of nowhere? Our attitudes are no accident. They don't just happen. Our attitudes are created, controlled, and influenced uh, by, in, entirely by our beliefs. All right. So if we know where our beliefs come from. All right. So give me a little bit on that, Mr. Lou. Yeah, the, the attitude is, is an important point. And the belief 
attitude and the belief and the attitude you got towards stuff. Like you said some um a statement that you hear a lot. I don't feel like getting paid enough. I'm not getting paid enough. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not getting paid enough, is that you don't bring the exceptional value. If you brought exceptional value to the marketplace and to society as a whole in addressing problems at the highest level, you would get paid more. It's the quote I just read. You're a slave because you want to stay a slave, like a teacher. People going to get mad at me, but it's not saying nothing bad about teachers, but let's look at what teachers do. You went to school, you got the teaching degree, whatever it is that they told you that your state said you needed to be able to be competent to teach in this state. You go to the same school that everybody else goes to, you give out the curriculum that they tell you to give out. You don't have an exceptional result with your students. My, my child is no better off if I get you. Nobody's lying enough to be, for you to be the teacher of that child. So why should you get paid anything different? And that's just real. You're producing the same results as everybody else, so that's why you're getting paid the same thing. It's just like if I work at Burger King and you work at McDonald's, you're flipping burgers, I'm flipping burgers. You're not doing nothing exceptional. Nobody's lying up. You're doing working today if you on the grill. So you, you get paid according to your value that you bring to the marketplace. It's not that thing that you got getting paid enough. Your value ain't high enough for what you produce. Mm. So let's let's talk about that then. What we believe about anything will return, determine our attitudes about it, create our feelings, direct our actions, and in each instance, help us do well or poorly, succeed or fail. The belief that we have about anything is so powerful that it can't even make something appear to be something different than what it really is. Belief does not require that something actually be the way we see it to be it only requires us to believe that that's the way it is so you know i was thinking of the day of a book or or a a particular speech and it and and to me uh he had it in here he had a particular line here i think it was the last statement i read last time let me see if i can find it here and it was like the longer you have bought the thought the truer it is so I was thinking a book should be, how long have you bought those thoughts? A speech could be, how long have you bought those thoughts? Because we have been buying these thoughts from day one, ever since we, you know, we were conceived. And it was actually in the womb we were buying those thoughts because it was being heard. So how long, are you, how long have you bought those thoughts? And really, how long are you going to continue to do it? Because you're going to have to change that. Uh, he says, belief does not require... That something actually be the way we said to be. It only requires us to believe that that is the way it is. Belief does not require something to be true. It only requires us to to believe that it is true. Ooh.